Hey y'all, this is Abraham, one half of the Ocean 8 podcast, and I just want to let you know we outside this summer, so that means return to sporting events, concerts, and the like. Lockdown hasn't been easy on the pockets, so ticket prices aren't looking too fun, I feel you on that. But, Megaseats.com offers a solution. Megaseats.com is a third-party reseller. They stand tall on these two things. Zero service fees and free shipping, 100% guarantee. But if that isn't enough, and, and this is the fun part, SSAW has partnered with them to provide you a 10% discount when you enter SSAW Network at checkout. Did you hear me? 10% off on top of zero service fees? Man, you're going to catch me outside this summer for sure. Head over to megaseats.com. Use the code SSAW Network and plan your next outing. We outside this summer, baby. time it is you 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 know who it is your your boys welcome to another episode what is this uh volume two episode 20 of the osa and abe podcast as always mr 50 percent the osa and osa and abe your boy osa here and my guy abe what's good good, bro what's good good everything is good how y'all doing how y'all doing um look it's been it's been a it's been a week. It's been a week. Um, just just happy to be here. You know, the streets have been looking for us. Glad to be back. Uh, life just gets busy. You know, life gets busy. Just recently moved. Recently moved from the IE all the way hey. to the Bay. The he Yay moved from area. SoCal to NorCal. Baby. Yeah, or just did a complete one eighty. So, um, and I'm loving it up here. I'm loving it in the Bay. Um, right outside of Oakland, basically in Richmond, to be honest. Nice. Um, well, they're nice. I can see the water from where I live, and and I love being near the water. So it's it's definitely up. It's definitely up. Um, but how have things been with you, baby? It's been it's it's been a, it's been a bit since we last talked. So how have things been with you? Yeah, it has been a bit, man. You know, the fatherhood is is a real thing. Um, little Oso is about to be a kid. Yo, we we a month away. He was supposed to be born basically at the beginning of October. I remember that, and he said, "No, nah, yep. I'm gonna wait until Halloween." <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna wait until Halloween." <laughs> let me let me bake, homeboy. Yeah, you oh, about man. to be a year. He's actually, you know, sleeping my arms right now as we're recording this. Um, so that's been the biggest thing is just being a, a dad, and and I'm I'm loving it. People uh, people ask me all the time. That's probably the number one question I get these days is how's fatherhood and I think my response is and always will be it's a joy mm-hmm. and especially as i uh you know parents have their different hopes and dreams for their kids and me and wifey talk about it all the time like man what do you think he's gonna do what do you think he's gonna be you know uh, i think so there's there's a small selfish part of me that's like man i hope you know that he's some sort of athletic monster you know he's he's long if he gets his dad's body he'll be he'll be right there you know um mm-hmm. 
would love to see it. Speaking of uh, young athletes, though, right? Yo. In case you have not been paying attention to uh, college college sports, period, uh, law was passed for college players to be able to get paid for their mm-hmm. likeness, among other things. And since then, we have seen a uh, uh, an influx of players getting getting sponsorship deals. Uh, it's been it's been great to watch because as we've heard throughout the years, just how uh, unfortunate it is for players who. Yes, they may get an athletic scholarship playing, uh, you know, NCAA sports, but that scholarship doesn't cover everything. And so the question always is, well, how is everything taken care of? How are you rolling up to school in this new car and all of that? We all know what the answer was, but mm-hmm. the NCAA, with its archaic and draconian rules, holding players back. So of note yeah. this week, one Bryce Young uh, coming off of a, a historic Starting game as a freshman, throws her four touchdown passes. Uh, Bryce Young, freshman from Alabama, and we'll we'll, we'll get to why that's uh, uh, pride of the. Uh, I'm sorry, not pride of the pride of modern day. We'll get to why that's important in a second. Recently inked a podcast deal with Colin Hurd's The Volume. Yeah, hey, it's crazy. What what do you think this is? This indicates for college players in the entertainment space. They're about to start getting their just rewards. You know, I mean, these kids have, have always been, they're basically entertainers for the public. So they should be treated as such The the idea of calling them amateurs, you know, shouldn't apply, especially when these kids go out on the court, go out on the field, you know, and they're bringing in money to the school, whether through, investors uh through uh you know alumni definitely from ticket sales definitely from merch sales so it's just how can the school be the ones to only benefit you know because we see a lot of these college coaches get cashed out i mean you've seen nick saban is the highest college is the highest uh, paid college football coach right now Exactly. Like, how are they getting millions and the kids that they are in charge of who are the ones you know putting the product who are the product that's being put on the field they don't get a lick of anything especially when you hear about how some of these stories where these college athletes they don't have enough to to pay rent they don't have enough to to eat and they still expect to go out there perform not see a lick of money not get a lick of recognition aside from oh you know espn they've ranked so and so they'll get their payday if they make it to the league you know if they have to play a sport that they can make it to the league and get sizable sizable contracts and it's always been annoying the NCAA rules in general when it came to college athletes um and and eligibility i mean we've had numerous numerous stories i mean we we can talk about the u and then how the u back in the 80s 90s you know how much trouble they were getting into uh i mean you could talk about reggie bush you know for all those usc fans Give him his Heisman back. Right. Uh, You could talk about SMU and the death penalty they got. You know, just there's a lot of things that were always very wrong because we saw basically kids from low-income families get punished for just, you know, getting a little cash on the side, maybe a new car for the family, a new house for the family. And it's like, why why is that a thing? I mean, if people want to endorse them, people want to endorse them. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day, right? So Big facts. I'm definitely excited. I mean, of course, uh, those who are listening, 
these are not the first um athletes to get endorsed. I know back in July, athletes have been getting endorsed, like Bo Nix, women's basketball player from Fresno State, got endorsed earlier this year. Um, women's soccer athlete got endorsed, and they're getting endorsed on the D1 and D2 level. And I was right. talking to my uh, unk last night um, while we were watching the Tampa Bay-Dallas uh, game. Yo, this is going to be big, especially in the local, small local areas where, you know, for example, sports, they're really sports towns. Like, in, especially in the South, the local communities Jeez. are taking care of their athletes. I mean, there was one, I forgot the school, but there was one restaurant that basically paid for 25 walk-ons. They they paid out their scholarships for twenty five walk on, and it's like yo, you can see good stuff like that happen. You know, you know walk ons they want that scholarship because they're not guaranteed, and to have a restaurant be like, we got you, we got you. I think it was it, yeah, it, it's it's just that's so dope to me, and you know you already know. I mean, we watch uh, what's that show um that was on Netflix, the one that covered the uh, last Duke chance. Film? Last, Last chance, chance you. So exactly, you see communities like you know communities like that will take care of their athletes. You know those local mom and pop restaurants that got some money. I mean, even though now it's a bit tough given the pandemic, but there are going to be uh, businesses who are going to look out for for certain athletes. So why not? I mean, we all know how hard it is for athletes to go pro anyway. It's not a guarantee. What is the percentage? It's like. Uh, about less than ten percent of less all, than ten, it's yeah. less than five actually. Yeah, less than five percent of all division, and we're just talking about division one athletes. Yeah. Less than five percent of division one athletes actually do go on to go pro. So you know why not make some some money while you can? Uh, so I'm all for it. I'm excited. Bryce Young, for example, I mean he's just one of the biggest names to get endorsement, especially since it's coming from Colin Cowherd. Yeah. You know Colin Cowherd is on FS1. Um. Plus his podcast company, The Volume, uh, via iHeartRadio. Now he's he immediately <laughs> after one game, Bryce bro. Harper played against the U. <laughs> you know I mean? Bryce Young did that thing, bro. He was balling too. He was shout out to the young fella. By the way, the name of that uh that restaurant that sponsored uh those twenty five walk ons. The name of the restaurant is Walk Ons. It's a, a restaurant out of Louisiana. So shout, shout out to them. them. You shout know? out to them. Like, we love to see it. Honestly, honestly. So is and it's pretty dope too because hey, these college athletes, especially the ones that are being hyped, they know about the sport. So let's pick their brain. You know, let's let's see what they got. So Bryce Young is gonna be running the Bryce Young podcast on Tuesdays, um, with a, a co-host, uh, J Boy. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what the the quarterback of the number one team in the country has to say about about the sport. Um, I'm here. I'm here for it. Yeah, so it's it's just you know it's it, I mean there are definitely some cons most likely you know people will take advantage and you know when it comes to recruitment basically there'll be bidding wars and and things can get ugly I I know there's there's a bad side to everything but overall there's a lot of good that comes from this and especially again like I mentioned earlier a lot of the the controversies or scandals were basically when it came to minority athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially black African-American athletes taking a little cash just so they can help their family, just so they can be like, yo, mom, you know, let's get up out the mud. Here's a house. We got, if I just go to this school that wants me to play, yep. here's a new car. So that can benefit the family. You know, here's now I can actually afford groceries. Right. You know? 
you, I ain't got to be Shabazz Napier, you know, after winning a national championship, talking about how I ain't got food to eat. Bro. And it's college, it's college basketball that I'm actually more excited to see. Yes, this yes. Uh, I think this officially spells the death of the one and done era. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's hanging on by a thread, but this right here, because if when you look at it, the 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 primary uh, driving force for the one and done era is the fact that these players are having to provide for their families. Yep. So I'm going to play my one season because I have to be 19 or older to enter the draft. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go ahead and get in and get my, get paid and take care of my family. Now we saw over the past couple of years, uh, players uh, starting to to go the G league route or, yep. and, and get a sponsorship deal and, and do it that way. Mm-hmm. But, this right here, the fact that players can get taken care of while getting an education, and I think also the thing uh, that Bryce Young getting this podcast deal also heralds uh, the opportunity for is the fact that players can now get experience behind a microphone, giving quality analysis, uh, so that now uh, a career maybe in broadcasting after your playing career is not just something you stumble into, but it's something that you've had practice for. Bryce Young is 18, about to be 19. Imagine, let's just say he he plays uh he plays the game till he's let's just say thirty five, right? Mm-hmm. So that means if he's podcasting between now and then, that means by the time he gets into the uh, he retires and maybe gets into the broadcasting space, he's been doing this for seventeen years. That's yeah. a better look than a lot of these guys who they'll play and then their playing days end, and then they end up as commentators and they think that they they can just talk about the game because they used to play it but they don't do their homework. And so they end up looking foolish on television. We see it. These mm-hmm. dudes look foolish. Their takes aren't even like laughable at this point. It's right. it's oh, to the point God. where you're like, dude, who gave, who gave you a mic? Just because you, you could play the game doesn't mean you deserve to have a mic in front of you. I think that's the part that I'm excited for. And uh, I'm also excited to see how schools navigate this, um, spaces like this to be able to provide that opportunity for players. Uh, to have space in their schedule and to because this also teaches you time management Uh, you're a quarterback you're the starting quarterback as a freshman on the number one team in the country you have a podcast deal you still got to go to school like you still got to go to class like all these things still need to be managed and negotiated so i I think this is a beautiful thing to see i look forward to hearing about more deals like this yeah bryce is playing on saturdays and recorded on tuesdays you know the podcast is going to be on tuesdays it's just like yeah the one the one major concern I do have is, um, you know, the stereotype is that these athletes don't really go for school. And while that may have been true, especially back in the in the 90s, early 2000s, um, honestly, I feel like that that notion is, is kind of false, especially since we're seeing a lot of these athletes actually, you know, complete their degrees, whether now or they go back a couple years later. Which, yeah. You know, we appreciate. So I just hope that the the endorsements that will come don't officially spell like hey fns education you know um i think that these kids are you know a good number of these athletes are getting more wise to how they should manage their money how they should uh manage their careers especially since you know at the end of the day it's not guaranteed whether you'll keep playing and whether you'll keep getting paid but right now hey early on I'm I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So it's gonna be beautiful. And like you said, that when college basketball season comes around, the shoe deals that are gonna be jumping oh, out. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Hey, I'm with it. If it means like <laughs> we gonna get some signature shoes from college athletes. 
Yo, let possibly? me get let me get those those EB ones, the Amani Bates ones. All I'm right, here for it. I'm right. here for it. It's gonna be it's gonna be quite fun. So college basketball season is about to be real exciting as we gear up. Um, we'll definitely there'll definitely be some endorsements that are signed beforehand. Uh, we'll definitely see some endorsements that are signed during the season and probably around Ma- March Madness. March Madness is gonna allow some people to 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 basically play for endorsements. That's yeah. what's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um. So hey, I, I'm I'm all about the athletes. I'm all about the kids eating and getting to finally get their just rewards for what they provide us the fans i'm totally yeah. down for it i mean like when you look at march madness you look at the the, the tournament the big dance right yeah and, and we look at some of those players who like that was their coming out party can you imagine if if that had been their coming out party plus on the tail end of it you get some sort of endorsement like steph curry would have got a deal way before you know because of that tournament that he let davidson in Ooh, right easy. yeah yeah, so th- those are the things as well that the the variables I think that are exciting to see. People maybe may look at this topic on the surface and say, "Oh, college athletes are just getting pay- are, are going to get paid now." Um, maybe it's going to lead to a sense of entitlement. No, I think it's going to lead to some expansion and some great opportunities that weren't there prior. Uh, the, the the other thing I think about as well, like you like you mentioned it um, about edu- the education piece. I think we're going to start to see fade away that era of, of guys, and, you know, and gals just going to school as athletes, as student athletes. And what is it that, you know, taking psychology or liberal arts or, you know, one of these, not, not to say flimsy like uh, uh, programs, but one of these easy programs that you can kind of just skate through. Now, I think it gives players the opportunity to invest in stuff that is really going to be a part of their career post uh, post the pro game. If they make it to the pros, mm-hmm. um, I, I expect to see more more folks uh, getting degrees in journalism and broadcast journalism. I expect to see more uh, folks getting business degrees because uh, those things are going to be vital for their future. So sure. this this is the positive spin and stuff that I think needs to be talked about more when it comes to uh, the NIL, the new NIL rules. Speaking of college sports, though, week one of college football has come and gone. Okay, and at the end of the show, we're going to talk to you. We're going to mention uh, a new little segment slash project that we're throwing into the, mm-hmm. the OCNA mix. It's going to deal specifically with weekly uh, weekly sports. But looking at uh, some of the big games that happened week one, we had number three, uh, Georgia against number two, Clemson. We had number 16, LSU against unranked UCLA. <laughs> oh, oh, and we had <laughs> San Jose State against number 15, USC. Now, out of the, the, the week one games, uh, going into week one, the top five teams in college uh, football were Alabama, Clemson, uh, Georgia, Ohio State. I forget what the fifth team was. But with that, though, of those five teams, of those top five teams, three of those teams have starting quarterbacks who are from Southern California. Mm. Three out of the five starting quarterbacks from Southern California. That is absolutely... Oh, I forgot uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's the other team. And three all three had quite differing experiences week one of the college season, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, from from bad to, to like, middle okay to phenomenal, you know? Yeah, so so uh, we'll start. I mean, we talked about Bryce Young, mm-hmm. uh, what he did with Alabama, record-setting oh, performance. Exactly. He broke Joe's Naismith's record for most touchdown passes in the debut. He yeah, four. With four. Yeah. Yep. Made it made it look easy. 
we could talk about CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud yeah. is, is actually from my neck of the woods. Uh, Rancho, pride of Rancho Cucamonga High. Uh, started for uh, Ohio State. That game was looking a little shaky. And then, it was. man, CJ showed <laughs> up. Yeah, they did. You know, uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm a big, uh, you know, I won't say hater, but I just don't like Ohio State. I really, really? Don't. Why, why don't you like the Ohio State University? I, I guess it's just more so like, I mean, the whole you call yourself D.O. I'm like the arrogance, first of all. But Listen. also, I was out in school in Ohio, and I just oh, didn't like being in Ohio, and yeah. I don't like Ohio fans in general. But I will say this, y'all band, Ohio State band is phenomenal. And regardless, Ohio State football program is is one to be respected. Um, so of course, you know, they were playing Minnesota. I'm always down for, for Ohio State to lose. And Minnesota looked like they were gonna do that because early Minnesota was giving it to them. But then uh, you know, as as things usually occur, especially in week one of the football season, some some of those powerhouses they, they can start off slow. CJ Stroud and company, they really turned it around. Um, they they demolished, took apart um uh Minnesota. Yeah. And they got Oregon coming up. So definitely excited to see the growth uh from CJ Stroud. You know, I've been in Cali for about uh since t- late twenty sixteen. I don't consider myself Five a Californian. Years. I'm I'm still a Jersey. A and that's fair. Head. That's fair. Jersey can have you. Yeah. <laughs> But I will say this: um, I'm always, I'm always down to to see Cali kids in general just, uh, just excel. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep my eye on CJ Stroud, see how he does well against Oregon. Unfortunately for, uh, for me, uh, Oregon just doesn't look to be what Oregon used to be. You know, maybe, maybe it's just it's still early. Um, I fully expect Ohio State to win this game. Um, so I'm excited to see how CJ just takes those steps forward as, as a. Is he a true freshman? Who, CJ? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm really excited to see how a true freshman does. Um, Ohio State, when it's all said and done, Ohio State is going to the college football playoff. I don't I don't see see them. Like, their only big test right now in the Big Ten is probably Penn State. Um, I do love the Penn State, uh, uh, Ohio State, you know, small rivalry that is yep. starting to build. We're not even gonna talk about Michigan, dog. Like Michigan is Michigan. They every year they think they're gonna do something and then they don't. So I don't really care. Um, Iowa, Iowa State. You know, we'll see what happens. Wisconsin, we'll see what happens. But the Big Ten is Ohio State to lose. We'll we'll see them in the top four by the end of the season for sure. Um, but CJ, yeah, he started off slow and then picked it up and got it going. You know, true freshman, you, you, it's a learning curve. It's for sure a learning curve. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited for him and what they're going to do. Yes, sir. Ohio State is probably going to go undefeated. Um, I've, I haven't seen their schedule, uh, so we'll see how that holds up. But What do you mean hey. see how that – listen, you talking all this, Mac. I should, we should have invited uh, my, my co-host over at Reform – one of my co-hosts over at Reformed, Reformed Hooligans, Brian Luis, on here. To edge educate yeah, you, he's a, he's a big Ohio the, State head. that man, <laughs> that man is Ohio State through and through, which makes no sense because he's from Boston. No, my goodness. Come on, man. What's what are we doing here? We're Ed, on the same boat when it comes to the Celtics, but once we once we stop talking about the Celtics, it's me, a and, uh, me and Brian we diverge. <laughs> yeah, the roads diverge. Oh, oh man, it it get, it, get, it start looking ugly for us. I mean, it's similar to you and I, it's just nothing. We don't share anything. Ooh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. As a matter of uh, fact, 
But yeah, CJ threw for two ninety four in his uh in his his debut. Now the other two quarterbacks that we mentioned from Southern California who are on top five teams, they're not true freshmen. This is actually their picking their sophomore season. Bryce Young, we talked about earlier, and then DJ Ugalele, um over at Clemson. Uh, this was his uh, third career start um, against Georgia. Uh, last season, he had two starts, one against Notre Dame. The other, his first start was actually, fun fact, on Oso's, uh, the day Oso was born against Boston Ooh. College. And I remember okay. it because, um, you know, seen, seen him on Instagram talking about my first starts coming up because uh, Trevor Lawrence was out due to COVID. And so I'm sitting in the hospital, you know, waiting for this little boy to come. And I was like, well, let me, let's see what's on the, t- the, the let's see if the, I can get the game. Mm-hmm. Turn that game on real quick. Now, uh, if you don't know, uh, Georgia beat Clemson 10 to 3 in this game this past week. Great game. Uh, great game. Great game. Great defensive struggle. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell that Georgia had done their homework. They had game plan. They game planned this thing to perfection. And what it reminded me of, though, was the the Boston was the the game against Boston College last year for Clemson. Uh, part of it, part of, but part of that Boston College game was it was one part Boston had scouted well, but the other part, well, three parts. One part Boston scouting well. Second part is the fact that you have a, a true freshman at quarterback starting, right? And the other part though was Dabo was real conservative with the play calling. Now, for those of you who don't know, DJ's a former five-star recruit out of St. John Bosco. Uh, high in Bellflower, California, led his team to a state championship. Um, watched him beat, if I remember correctly, Bryce Stra- uh, Bryce Young's modern day team um, in a comeback win, I think in the state semifinals in 2019. So DJ has, he has his fair share of accolades and achievements just e- before he even gets to college. And so uh, when Dabo finally opened up the the playbook and let the kid play, I feel like that's 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 a resounding theme for us today. Mm. Let the kids play. Basically, when he, when he opened up the playbook and let him play, uh, that's when they came back and, and gave Boston the business. So DJ DJ can play. Make no mistake about it. But it was it was definitely a rough outing. Uh, just reading some of his comments regarding the outing. Uh, great great analysis and self awareness for him as a quarterback and as an athlete. Uh, didn't give the usual cliche answers, right? Like, we're just going to go back to the film room and, you know, like, oh, man, we just got to game plan better and we just got to be better next week. No, like, gave some very honest uh, analysis of, of, of what, of what uh, Georgia did well um, and what he could definitely do better in the future. So, like you said, uh, Abe, three starts by three Southern California quarterbacks. We yeah. love to see it. We root mm-hmm. for it. Uh, three very different results, two and one for Southern California quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, but but that's okay. I I fully expect all three of those teams to be in the playoff mix. Yeah. Clemson, as much as I dislike Dabo, uh, Clemson is going to be right there. Ohio State, like you said, is going to be right there, and I think I'm obligated to say that. Otherwise, Brian might you know take. My- <laughs> and Alabama, I mean, oh, we already know. Yeah, say? like you already know Alabama. Like, at this point. Alabama is like the Boston Celtics in the '60s. Like you, you it, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going to be playing for the championship. It, so it easily, is. I, I, I'm here for all of it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, but speaking of Southern California, Abe, uh, my Southern oh. California college football team happened to play uh. your uh, your Tigres, the LSU. Uh, 
Yes, that's right, folks. Uh, if you don't know, I feel like I, I don't really talk about it much on this program, but I am a UCLA Bruins fan. Uh, go powder blue and gold, which is funny because I didn't get into UCLA when I was applying for colleges. I've always been a UCLA fan. Didn't get in, um, but still got love for him. Still got love for those Bruins. Now, uh, I actually had tickets to go to this game, and I had the opportunity to get tickets to go to this game, and I refused to because if you don't know, this heat in Southern California is ungodly. Uh, and we were in the middle of a slight heat wave in the middle of September. Yes, folks. I'm sorry, at the, st- at the top of September. So I wasn't going to sit outside at the Rose Bowl and melt. Okay? <laughs> Not you, ever seen, you ever seen melted chocolate ice cream? Not a good feeling. Um, I experienced that last year watching UCLA play San Diego State at the Rose Bowl around the same time of year. But one thing I did know, I knew, I just knew, and I, I wanted to text Abe about it, but I decided to be humble. I'm was that UCLA, UCLA <laughs> is going to win this game, okay? Uh, after watching UCLA's first game of the season against Hawaii, and folks may say, well, it's just Hawaii. Like, when was the last time Hawaii was good? Fair point. Um, but Hawaii has produced some great, great athletes, specifically great quarterbacks. They have a tradition and a history of great quarterbacks. Their current quarterback actually was uh, Tua Tagovailoa's backup uh, in high school. So, like, they, they produce some great quarterbacks. Uh, Timmy Chang, Colt Brennan, RIP to Colt Brennan, who just passed this past year from, from drug overdose. Um, they produce some great quarterbacks, great offenses. Uh, UCLA, by all appearances coming into this season, healthy, which is all we needed them for them to be, was just healthy. And uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is looking like what you expect from a black dual-threat quarterback. Right, because mo- most of the time you talk dual threat quarterback, African American, oh, he's probably going to run. Like he's going to run more than he throws. But Dorian Thompson Robinson is learning something that the the it not the it factor, but the cheat code that most guys that ho- that most guys don't figure out, and that's this: you don't use your legs as first resort, nor do you use them as last resort. You use your legs to extend the play or to make a play. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he, he started to show flashes of it towards the end of last season. The season before, um, he had a couple glimpses of it, most notably in that epic game against Washington State that ended like, what was it, 56 to, to 54, something crazy like that, where he yeah. threw corners. I mean, that game was insane. Oh, my but, goodness. But he's, I think he's finally reached his, at least from a college football standpoint, his final form. So he balled out that game. Um, Final score, you want to talk about it, Dave? I'll talk about it, 38 to 27. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's okay. Uh, did you get a chance to watch that game, Abe? Oh, uh, I, I – look. If you didn't want to watch it, I understand. No, I, I, watched, part watch it it. I okay. watched part of it, but I was like, you know what? I'd rather focus on the, on, on Clemson, Georgia. That was a much more enjoyable game because um I was in the Cover Zero. Uh, shout out to Cover Zero. And yeah. And the crew over there. I was in the chat and I was just like, yeah, this LSU game. Uh, Brandy especially. She was like, hey, I'm I'm watching this game and I'm pissed at how LSU is playing and I'm not even a fan, so I can imagine. You know, I said, this is why I'm focused on other college football games. At this point, I was like, all right, you know, during lows, I'm like, what other college football game is on that is not LSU UCLA right now? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta watch that because it was it was just <sighs> we sold our soul for that championship. Wow, pretty, hey, pretty much, bro. It it's been bad, and Coach O himself, it just seems like he doesn't care. 
It honestly feels like, you know, I I came in, I did what I did two seasons ago, and hey, I'm untouchable. I mean, after the game, uh, you saw the smack talk and, and he, he the, the, the weak the weak trash talk he gave to a to a heckler. Bro. Um, it's just gosh, it's because here's the thing: it's UCLA. Like we are LSU, the LSU. Sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa! Here. No, 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 no! Y'all, have, y'all have been the LSU. That's a recent development. Like UCLA has a history of being. A good, a well enough, good enough football team. Okay. By the way, not, RIP. Not in recent years. Listen. Okay, uh-huh. Terry Donahue. I almost said Steve Lavin. Wow. But, By the way, RIP to Terry Donahue for yeah. you know, lead, lead, lead a great squad. But you, you know, you're right though. In recent years, it's been a struggle. I, I've been. I was not a fan of the Chip Kelly hiring. Oh yeah. No, I forgot about him. He <laughs> said I forgot all about him. Listen, see, he's, this, he's forgettable, this bro. This is who we lost to. We lost to this. Don't this do that. Team. Don't do that. But, but and I'll y'all owned us. It was. It wasn't even like yo. Don't. The don't final score. The final, final score, score is no indication. The yeah. final score is no indication of what it really looked like. That final score make you think like, oh, they only lost by eleven. You know, in football, eleven is you know, it, it, it was we were being manhandled. It was we had no chance of winning that game. I mean, we were always fighting from behind. UCLA showed up and showed out. While LSU couldn't even tackle anybody, even if they were made out of cotton, you know that part. Yep, it was it was ugly for us. I, it's gonna be a long season. But but also, and here's here's the player I think to keep an eye out for on UCLA. We we know DTR is gonna do his thing. Okay, Dorian Thompson Robinson is gonna do his thing. But keep an eye out for transfer running back Zach Charbonnet. Charbonnet, I'm sorry. First game against. Hawaii had six rushes for 110 yards, 106 yards. I'm sorry. Six rushes, 106 yards, um, a couple touchdowns. This game against LSU, 11 rushes for 117 yards. Like the kids putting in work on the ground, which is something you look at historically at, at when UCLA has been good, they've always had a good quarterback and a, and a great complimentary running back. I, like, I remember the days of Cade McNown. and he had Skip Hicks in the backfield for him. Uh, so Zach Charbonnet, and DTR, watch for that 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 combination. Kasharbane has big play capability. Um, he was he was the backup of Michigan, but he has a great big play capability on the ground. And once you know, well, we all know this. If you know anything about football, what's the running game gets going? Forget about it. It's the aerial assault. Might as well be bombs over Baghdad. Shout out to Outcast, right? So, so folks, just know. Abe's LSU mm. is LS Boo. Okay. Oh, Sp- my goodness. <laughs> speaking of boos, though. Speaking of boos, Abe, we have to talk about another one of your teams. Oh, my goodness. Is it, is it, is it New an York assault? Abe, all I know is Javi Baez versus the fans, bro. Talk about it. Okay, look, to be honest, I mean, look, I'm a Mets fan. I love the Mets. They, they break my heart. They give me hope all the time. Yada, yada, yada. This, that, and third. Y'all know the usual story. Um, we, I'm not upset with Javi, really, because I'm, I'm, of the fan, I'm of the mindset that the fans can get really annoying, really nasty, and whatnot. We talk um, about it all the time here on this program. Yeah, we do. We do. So, I mean, if you want to troll the fans back, do that, John. I mean, this... 
This season has been a roller coaster for the Mets on on and off the field. Literally, on and off the field has been a roller coaster. Mostly off the field, it's been uh, it's been a great reality TV show. Uh, it, honestly, it's, it's, we are the most dramatic team in in all of baseball. We are the most dramatic organization in all of baseball. I mean, like let's to give you a quick summary. We got a new owner. Thank goodness the Wolfpons are out there. Steve Cohen, you know, he's a, he's a millionaire. But then when he came in, he had his own drama because he had a court case. Uh, not him directly, but a, a, a hedge fund that he used to work for was was in legal, uh, having legal issues. So people are like, oh, my goodness. Uh, keep in mind, when we were looking for a new manager, we were going to have Carlos Beltran, but then... The uh the cheating scandal that affected the Astros. Beltran, Bell Bell cheat. You know, that that came about. And this is before the season even started, my friends. Before the season even started. Um, then we got into uh, a former front office, uh I forgot his name, but he was found to to, you know, sexual harass the female employees for the Mets. It's like, oh my goodness, what is this? Steve Cohen gets him out of there. We start playing. Jacob De- Jacob DeGrom was doing Jacob DeGrom things, looking like, oh, he's about to get, get another Cy Young. The Mets are looking great. We are at least five, six games up in the division. We start getting injured. We have guys that, you know, that are coming up from single A, coming up and providing for us. Despite all the injuries, we also lost DeGrom. Uh, despite the injuries, we were still in first. It's like, cool. Steve Cohen during this time is also very active on Twitter, tweeting his thoughts. Uh, then he ran off of Twitter. He got run off of Twitter. He like deleted his account, whatnot. Then he came back after a small hiatus, and it's like, I mean, Steve, you're gonna be willing to talk your talk your talk. You gotta be prepared for the trolls. You know, Twitter is the home of trolls. People are gonna attack you. It is what it is. Stand your ground. Then uh, I'm thinking like, all right, you know, the Mets, we're fine. You know, we're fine. Because I made a bet with, uh, with, the, with the Brody Rob over at Diamond Talk about the... Um, Who's Rob a fan of? He's a Yankees fan. The real New York team. Okay. Uh, okay. I, why did I answer that question? I fell for a trap. He knew that. He knew that, y'all. I fell for it. I, I'm frustrated. And um, so, you know, I made a bet with him about the uh, outcome of the Mets season. And then unless a miracle happens in the final, like, 20-something, maybe less than 20 games of the season, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose money. Uh, but regardless, then uh, we we start the, the collapse. Usually it's a September collapse that happens in the Mets, but it happened in August. And we went from being, like, six games up to now we are fighting to, to possibly win the division. Um, at least as of, uh, we are recently, I think about four games back from the Braves. Um, so there's still a chance. I mean, there, there's still, there's still hope, but it's like, oh, we don't have the Grom right now. We still don't have sending guard. Um, you know, the Mets have been sliding and, and as a result, fans are passionate. I totally get that. Fans are passionate. Fans are upset as they should be, because what the hell is going on? You know, how did we go from dealing with adversity early on in the season and then now, like, we just had this epic collapse that is that is happening a month before our usual epic collapse. Um, and then on top of that, our acting GM uh, got a DUI and it's like, dog, what is going on? So Javi Baez, our recent acquisition at the trade deadline, uh, former Cubs, 
the Cubs, the Cubs, they sold completely cleaned house. They sold yeah. everyone, bro. They had an estate sale. That's what they had. I mean, you, uh, you know, LSU sold their soul. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Cubs did the definitely. same thing five years ago, bro. <laughs> and I don't. I mean, after a hundred year plus draw, I, I, I feel it. I feel it. I, I, you know what, y'all had to do what y'all had to do. So they cleaned house. We get Javi. We should have gotten Chris Bryant. You know who's having. Bro, I'm disgusted. <laughs> um, but you know, Javi and Lindor have a great relationship with each other. They, the two Puerto Ricans who are at the top of their class, you know, who are the, you know in the upper echelon of talent and skill. Did, did you cop? Have you cop uh, Lindor's New Balances? Nah, nah, I didn't know he dropped New Balances. I didn't know he was signed with New Balance. You know, um, oh, bro, when it yeah, comes to baseball to, yeah, players yeah. and their shoe deals, I have no idea because I mostly expect cleats. I didn't expect actual kicks. Um, yeah, he's you know, he's I, one of the first. He's the first one to have a major kick deal. Just just like your dog, I'm growling at 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 this at, at my team. Um, but Javi Baez started trolling the fans. You know, every time him and Lindor, uh, you know, had a hit, did something good, they started doing a thumbs down towards the fans. Yo, I I get it. I get both sides. I get both sides. For Mets fans, we're frustrated. Like, what is going on with our season? This isn't what we thought we would look like. We we really thought we had it in the bag. We've been slacking. It's like guys that we cashed out, guys that we recently acquired, you guys aren't providing like you do. Um, and for the players, I get it. Like, who likes being at home? You're trying your best, and your supporters are booing you. No one likes it. it, it but it comes with the territory, right? So, you know, I, I like the... The little fire that it lit because uh, Javi Baez started to get it from the fans. Um, I don't think he should have apologized. Uh, you know, stand by, stand by your word. You know, stand by your word. But he did, and um, immediately after that, I remember I, w- I was watching that game. Um, I believe it was against the Nationals. We're we're losing. He gets to hit to help tie the game, and then uh, we get another hit from Michael Conforto. And from, I believe, second, he was like, nah, I'm going all the way home. And then, you know, we we ended up winning. And since then, Javi has been on a tear. Like, anytime yeah. we've been winning games in this recent stretch where Javi, you know, we've, we've dropped a few games, but we've also been winning a good grip, um, Javi's at the center of it, whether it's his defensive plays, whether it's his hitting. I mean, mind you, Lindor has also been hitting very well. His numbers right now match his career averages. Which is Beautiful. always a good sign, uh, since uh he's he's finally woken up because again in the beginning of the season he was moving really slow offensively. Sleepy. Yeah, we were worried. So um, you know, Javi, I got love for you. I do want us to re-sign you. Um, you are a phenomenal player. Um, you bring energy, you and Lindor, and the rest of the the, the team is they they're doing what they can. I mean, for sure I expect Cohen to make a lot of changes, especially in the front office especially in the front office. But this season has overall been a disappointing one for my Mets. It's just, you know, even if we make the postseason, we'll have to see the Dodgers. Um, And, you know, right see now... Who? Right now, the way we're looking... See who? Unless uh, the GOAT comes Put some back, respect. The defending champion Dodgers. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Might I remind you, you guys are five games back of the Braves and 13 oh, games back on the wild card. Who's who, – um, No, no, no. 13, 13 games, games back on? 
13 games back on the wild card from who? The Dodgers. Just remember well, that. Just just remember that. Well, we're like four games out of a wild card spot, so you know we still have a chance. So, you know we, Stop we it. can still catch. You're not Cincy. doing it. However, um, you know, if you listen to the most recent episode of Diamond Talk, uh, Nick said something that, you know, while it hurt, I agree with him. Out of all the NL teams that still have a chance um, to make the second wildcard spot, he said that he rather not see the Mets because it would be like a setup for failure. And I agree. I, I agree. You know, we're going to go against the Dodgers. And if DeGrom is not back, that's that's. We will be, we will be heavy, heavy underdogs. We will be heavy underdogs, and the way things have been looking for us, it's like, hey, yes, you guys managed to get into the wild card spot. You know, the expanded uh playoff spot, that's cool. But then you got ousted immediately, and we aren't surprised given how you guys have played. We we would have limped our way into the postseason, and hey, guys are like, oh, so you'd rather not make the playoffs? I'd rather not embarrass myself in the Waxed. Postseason. Y'all get you waxed. Know? The only thing I'd want to see with y'all making the playoffs is if DeGrom came back, which he's not. I'd love to see that DeGrom-Max Scherzer battle. I would love to see DeGrom and then have Bellinger just play all nine uh, spots for you guys. Because then at that point, yeah, we're winning that game. We're winning that game. Wow. Yes, I could throw shots too. You know what? That's Look interesting though. MVP. You know what's really interesting about that though? You say that about Bellinger. But uh, when it mattered most last season in the playoffs, that's when he came through, and that's all I ask. Okay, this, this, that's all I ask. The same could be said of one Wardell Stephen Curry, right? Like he, he, he in the playoffs, yeah, in the finals, my, my man will disappear. But when it matters most, he'll give, he'll give you a chance. <laughs> you, you know, Abe, I appreciate your honest analysis of your uh, your new New York Mets, the other New York team. Um, oh, God bless them. God bless them. I will be unbiased in what I'm going to say about the Dodgers. Okay, they 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 have worked their way back, and and they are currently in a battle with the San Francisco Giants uh, for lead in the NL West. Uh, They had a great series last week, a great four game series last week. It was. I did tune in for that. It was. It was good. The first game of the series, that Friday night game, that game went I think eleven or twelve innings, and I mean ended on. I would rather it ended the way that it ended. In terms of like the Dodgers losing, I'd rather them lose in the way that they lost than losing on like a walk off or yeah, the losing on a walk off hit of some sort. Essentially, what happened was the uh, base hit by who? Why am I forgetting? Buster Posey. Okay, base hit routine actually should have been a base hit. Should have been a routine uh, out at first uh, for the third out of the inning for the Dodgers. Uh, Trey Turner first time playing second base. And throws the ball a little high. Muncie has to hop up to get it. Can't get his foot on the bag in time to get the out. I mean, it was a bang, bang play, uh, to use the, the the term. It had to go to video review. Verified Giants win. Dodgers won the next one 6-1. to one. Dodgers lost the next day 6-1. to one. Dodgers are currently two games back at the Giants. But that's a great... Once again, the rivalry is renewed in the NL West, although I don't believe the Giants are going to you know, win the World Series because the Giants only win on even years. Check it out, folks. I'm not lying. Uh, with that being said, though, like baseball, the postseason, it's going to be a good thing. If you guys want more in-depth analysis about it, Abe already alluded to it. Check out the homies over at Diamond Talk. They yes, consistently bring the heat. 
okay? The e- even when I'm not paying attention, they educate me, okay? Y'all are like, why are you saying educated? You don't sound educated. That's the point. Um, real quick, before as we we round home on this episode, um, the NFL is kicked off, Abe. Week, week one, the first game at the time of this recording was just last night. Uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? <laughs> Tom, ready for season 22. It's out of control, right? Uh, I, I know a lot of folks uh, were thinking, oh, man, this is going to be an easy, easy dub for the Buccaneers. Uh, and for looking at the game, you look at the numbers. The Bucks, what they put out with their receiving core is what we were expecting last year, especially after they signed Antonio Brown. Like this is going to be, this is going to be, they're going to be a force to, to be reckoned with. But the the Dak Prescott who showed up is the same Dak Prescott who showed up that for those historic first that historic first five games of the season run that he was on before he got injured. That's mm-hmm. the the Dak that showed up. Listen, I am by no no means. A Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not. I'm actually a Dallas Cowboys hater. I am of the Stephen A. Smith school of, of Dallas Cowboy hating. One of my best friends is a Cowboys fan, and I give him grief all the time. However, the display, I will root for Dak because I just want to see the man succeed because it, it's not been good for him. He came out game one looking good. And my. It, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Free Dak Prescott. I don't know if Dak Prescott wants to be free, but free Dak Prescott. Okay. Hey, what were your thoughts looking at the game? Oh, before we even look at the game, did you see all the Tampa, uh, all the Tom Brady commercials that aired? Like, oh my goodness, especially that Subway commercial. He doesn't eat bread. Yo, the way it started, I thought like, oh, is Tom Brady dropping some cologne? And then no, Subway. And he's like, wait, this guy doesn't eat bread. (laughs) He doesn't eat Subway. (laughs) He's endorsing Subway. It's just, you know, don't eat bread. The only thing he eats, he'll eat from Subway is the avocado mash. Because that man eats avocado like it's going out of style. Uh, and then Gronk had his commercials, just like, oh my goodness. It was, uh, anyway, um, the game itself, uh, you know, my quick thoughts on it. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. I mean, it, it doesn't matter how you feel about the guy, whether you're, you're a fan or not. It, it You got to respect his, his game. I mean, Tom did Tom things. Uh, you know, at the end of the game, uh, after Greg DeLeg had been struggling, dog. Oh my gosh. Former Rams kicker. Um, we had him while he was when he earned the name Greg Leg, and then uh, he went to Dallas, and he hasn't been the same since. Um, interesting. But uh, he missed some. He missed a thirty, I think a thirty-five yarder. Uh, I I don't fall him on a sixty-yard miss, and then he missed a PAT. Um, so all in all, he he left seven points on the table. I really hold him for four, right? Uh, look. You give Tom Brady the ball with a minute 24 left, two timeouts. The way he'd been moving down the field, I mean, Mike Evans was low-key non-existent, but A.B. had four catches for over 118 yards, I believe, uh, with a TD. Gronk had 90 yards, two TDs. Godwin, including including that for Gronk was two crucial catches on the game-winning yep. drive. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. He just kept feeding him. I mean, it was crazy. It was on that final drive. Dog, did you see how they had like four downs to finish trying to bring him down and they still couldn't? Bro, it was. <laughs> like, it was. It, 
I forgot how big Gronk is. Like, it literally was yeah. a man amongst boys. Yeah. Even that second touchdown was, it was honest. I don't even know if Tom Brady really meant to give it to him because Godwin was literally right behind him. They ran into each other low-key. It's just, Gronk just ran around, ran into the end zone, kind of turned around, ball was coming to him. Easy money. You know, just, just easy. It was honestly like a grown-ass man playing with 13-year-old kids. It was just, I don't, I don't know what Dallas expected to do there. Um, and then Godwin, yeah, he had the fumble that kept that kept Dallas's hopes alive. Uh, but he had over a hundred yards in in a TD as well. It's just like, yo, can we talk about how A B looked phenomenal last night? D Antonio Brown. The the uh, former top five wide receiver has been the number one receiver in Pittsburgh before. He looked for not four catches on 118 yards. Bro, he that's that AB that we all know and love as a football player, hate as a human. Like he AB, it's been said about AB that his route running is is crisp. It is it is borderline immaculate. And he knows how to get himself into space. He goes uh, he's he goes at 110 every single route, even if he is just the decoy on a route. And let's 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 remember like this man really tom brady really got this man in his arsenal like tom can look up and throw to gronk our top three wide receiver all time and antonio brown top i'm sorry i said wide receiver gronk top three tight end all time and antonio brown uh one of the best receivers of his generation yeah what and you still Y'all got Godwin. You still got Evans. It's like yo, yo. Like the the the. I'm, I can't even call it a coup to get Antonio Brown. I mean, it's not that Antonio Brown. Well, Antonio Brown did want to get free from from the Raiders after a week, but yeah, it's 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 of the same ilk as when uh, Randy Moss wanted to get free from the Raiders and ended up with the Patriots. Like if 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 for some reason Antonio Brown, because we know this, Tom Brady knows how to have record setting seasons with disgruntled wide receivers. Watch out, league. Watch, and I'm just—I'm really disgusted that Tom Brady might win number eight. I, I'm really, really disgusted. So people are saying, "Hey, some, some of the, some on the media, you know, like the popular networks are saying, oh, you know, Tampa Bay is gonna go seventeen and zero. Keep in mind, uh, people, if you they don't know, there are now seventeen regular season games. Uh, I don't see it uh, mainly because I'll, I'll get to the Cowboys in a second. I just have to give Tampa Bay their just, just praise for sure. Um, I don't see 17-0, but I can see probably 13 or 14 wins from this team. Easily, yeah, easily. I think I think they could they could lose. Like they're they're due for like a trap game somewhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then I could see them like, you know, losing one of those games where you're like, ah, I really thought you guys were gonna win that. Tom's yeah. gonna get pissed off. He's gonna cuss out the team. It's, it's gonna be a whole thing, and then they'll come back and blow out the the next team they play. But I, I, yeah, I don't see Tampa Bay going seventeen and zero, but I do see them. Um, I could very well see them losing a game or two, especially towards the end of the season, and then just waxing everyone through the playoffs. The complete opposite of what happened in two thousand and seven, right? Uh-huh. Where where Tom went uh, undefeated in the regular season with those Patriots, yeah. and then took Saw that the element of Super Bowl, right? Saw the but Giants. mind you, 
mind you, I remember that year too. Um, my dad is a Giants fan. I remember it because that last game of the season was the Giants. The almost beat season was the, the Giants. The almost Giants. Beat yeah, yeah. The Giants played them hard, and so to get that rematch, I wasn't. I wasn't ho- fully surprised that the Giants won. I was actually rooting for the Giants to win. Just I had my. I had my money on the Giants for that game. Yeah, so, I mean, I was like, yo, the Giants probably played them the toughest of that year, and now they get another shot on Super Bowl when they were close. Like, hey, don't be surprised, and look what happened. Um, Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. They're, they're going to be a try. I mean, hopefully uh, they lose in, in week three versus my Rams. Um, we have to see them. Uh, but mind you, that Tampa Bay defense, that run defense, whoo, boy, they was whoo. <laughs> Did you see Vita Bay? Oh my gosh! Or oh, as, as some scary. people call him, Big Uso. Oh my god! Scary hours. That man at nose tackle is just a oh he is a a a, a eighteen wheel, uh, just a truck eighteen wheel truck just. Oh my gosh! The the center for for the Cowboys had had a rough day. I mean, he had several holding calls, and it's like, yo, I get it, I get it. Um, JPP, I mean, keep in mind, the, one of the very few players to, to be undefeated in the postseason, mind you, um, he beat Tom Brady. He and beat then Tom, he right. Beat Tom twice. Tom Brady. He beat Tom <laughs> no, twice no, he and won with Tom. Was he, was he on that first uh, Giants one? He or was. was. He on the second one? Oh, he, he was, was on both. Yeah, he oh. was the, the understudy of one Michael Strahan in that first oh. one. Okay, yeah. So he, he, he won his two Super Bowls against Tom Brady, and then he's like, let me get a get my next one and he uh got it with Tom Brady that's funny but you know enough about um enough about the uh, Tampa Bay I want to talk about Dallas too um first of all I had placed a a small bet on a prop bet it didn't hit because Evans first of all didn't get a touchdown but I also had Dallas under 20 and a half points you know I was like Dak has been hurt um I mean he hasn't played in 11 months he had the leg injury he also had the shoulder injury I mean, the Cowboys' defense is going to be Swiss cheese. Um, Not sure how the O-line is looking because Zach Martin, I think, was out and whatnot. So I didn't expect Dak to really do much. So I said, yeah, I can see the Cowboys not scoring 21. Um, Look, first of all, Greg the Leg was helping me out a lot with those missed uh, kicks. I was like, oh, my gosh, this bet still could hit. However, Dak looked phenomenal. Dak, look, I totally, totally underestimated, grossly underestimated Dak. I mean, this is a guy who hadn't played football in 11 months. He looked poised. He did not panic. He did not not look like he was scared. I mean, he was taking hits too, especially as the game wore on, as uh, Tampa Bay's D-line started getting to him. He was taking some hits and he would still, you know, get his throws off. Like, yes, he had an inception, really wasn't his fault. I mean, all the interceptions, really, they they weren't the quarterback's fault. Both quarterbacks should have zero interceptions. It was more so that Hail Mary interception by Brady at the end of the half. It's like, you know, that that is That's what a it game. is. That's a gimme. It is what it is. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, But then the first interception off of Leonard Fournette, that was on, that was in Leonard's hand. Um, For Dak's interception, that was in CD's hand. That was in CD's hand. He They shouldn't have, you know. CD Lamb should have had that. CD had a numbers wise, it looks like he had a great game, but he also had several drop passes, you know. Um, but Dak did everything he could. He was finding Gallup, he was finding Cooper, he was finding. Oh, he found Cooper. 
Yeah, he found Cooper. Cooper had over, I think, 129 yards. You know, 12 catches, 129. Cooper was eaten plus a touchdown. Uh, a CD, CD two, ended two up. TDs. Yeah, two TDs. Oh yeah, two TDs. Yeah, CD had one TD. He, I think, CD ended up with about 100 yards too. Dak was, I was so impressed. Like yeah. honestly, Dak so went here's the 42 thing. 42 for 58 for 403 yards. Yeah. I, oh, he had to throw all day because they could not run the ball. Part of that is McCarthy just not. I mean. Zeke had four carries at halftime. That made me think about uh, a former Rams game where Gurley only had like three or four carries at the half. And it's like, sir, we have Todd Gurley. This was when he was healthy. We have Todd Gurley McVay. Why are we not running him? McCarthy apparently said, I'm going a, I'm to a pull a McVay. I'm not going to run Zeke often. Um, and, you know, Yikes. mind you, I, I blame the play calling, but that run defense, every time Zeke got the ball, there was already someone either in the backfield or waiting waiting at the line to meet up with him. That Tampa Bay run defense is scary, okay? Uh, they were bringing pressure, and they barely had to blitz all game from what I could tell. Of course, um, the guys at Cover Zero can break down the uh, film further. But I put I put money down on CMC to win comeback play of the year. That's funny. I just had that conversation with somebody on, was it Thursday night? No, Wednesday night. A buddy of mine who uh, who used to play ball, uh, used to play football. And um, his vote was for Sam Darnold. I said, Sam Darnold and CMC on the same squad. And you're not going to go with CMC? Yeah. like Don't get me wrong. Sam, Sam, no Sam Darnold. They yeah, Sam, got rid Sam. of Davis and Curtis Samuel. So it's you going to me? be, yeah. See, it's CMC all day. However, so it's a three. I think it's a three-man race. CMC is is, is going to be in the lead uh, for comeback player of the year. It's going to be between CMC, uh, among CMC, Sam Darnold, and let's not forget another man sitting in the NFC West, Saquon. Oh, in the East? Oh, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think Saquon think actually is going to be in that convo. I mean the the O line is still terrible in in New York. I don't trust that O line still. Um, but the thing was for me, I put money on CMC because the odds were good. But after last night, Dak Dak is you know especially since quarterbacks tend to get uh the biased vote. If Dak doesn't win MVP, you know I'm not saying he's an MVP he's going to win MVP, but probably he's going to be an MVP discussion with uh with Tom Brady with Aaron Rodgers with Mahomes with um, Kirk Cousins. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm so I'm definitely kidding on that. <laughs> I consider I consider Stafford to be a dark horse, depending on what we look like. Stafford, you know, he's a guy who can throw. He threw four thousand last year, and you know, with the Lions, it's not a great team. Now he has talent. He has a good defense behind. He has a great defense behind him. He has solid and reliable wide receivers. Stafford can go for, especially with an extra game, Stafford can probably hit 6K yards passing. You know, that's that's MVP numbers there. I, I don't, you know, I don't 100% disagree with that because here's the, the the thing that surprised me when the Stafford trade went down was how many people were like, oh, the Rams just made a trash trade for like an old quarterback. And I think what people don't realize is, number one, yes, Matt Stafford was on the Lions. Like one of the Lions ever done right by a quarterback. Exactly, and, and by that, by virtue of that, one of the Lions ever done right by a, 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 a position player in the NFL. We had Barry Sanders retire early because of playing for the Lions. We had Calvin Johnson. We had arguably 
each of those players probably, I mean, Barry Sanders would have definitely broke the rushing record. Kevin Johnson, Megatron, probably if, if he was on a solid enough team for sure would have ended up top three wide receiver all time. Mm Mm-hmm. All because of playing for the Lions. So what do you? Yeah. What do you? Matt Stafford was out there slinging that, slinging that pigskin, and 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 what on the Lions? No use. However, what he gets in Sean McVay, Sean Sean McVay equally benefits because Sean McVay. Let's just be honest. Having Jared Goff at quarterback, essentially Sean McVay was the quarterback. But now you get a, a real quarterback, a veteran quarterback, who you play calling with. Oh, stop it! Like the the. Matt Stafford's about to have a great season. He is. And folks are really going to wake up and realize why the Lions even drafted that kid out of Georgia in the first place. I I, I wouldn't doubt it that he does his thing. The yeah. thing I'm worried about with Dak is because remember, this is how Dak started last season. He threw for over 400 yards for what the first four games of the season. And then he got what? Hurt. Why? Because of that O-line. So he better pray. I mean, that man better hit his knees in prayer morning, noon, and night, okay, to to ensure that this man don't get hurt. This man better buy all the meals and all the presents for that O-line as much as he can, because if that O-line gives up anything, he is going to be in trouble of another injury, and I don't know what I will do if I see Dak. Mind you, I said said it earlier, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I will will root for Dak because I want to see him do well. I, I don't know what I'll do if I see Dak get hurt again, have another season ending injury. Because let's yeah. Dak literally picked up where he left off last season. Yeah. He that did. game where he yeah, got he injured did. in, he was looking exactly like this before he got hurt and was leading the Cowboys back. And that's and that's the thing. That's why I feel like, yo, while I, I feel confident in CMC, Dak could win comeback player of the year. He easily Dak for could. sure. You know what? I forgot about Dak. You know what? Dak and CMC, it's there. It's 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 going to be a race between those two. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a a race to the finish between those two, and it's really going to come down to who can stay healthiest because Dak has had injuries throughout his career. We know it. CMC, mm-hmm. apart from the season en- ending injury he had, he's always picked up a little, uh, or at least since he's been in the league, he's picked up a little nicks, nicks and, yeah. and bumps in here, here and there. So it, it's really going to come down to those two. CMC, of course, being in the position to have more wear and tear on his body, but. Yeah. Let's just be honest. And especially with a 17-game season, it's like, all right. I mean, they've been talking about it on all sports outlets is that we're probably going to see a lot of records get broken this year just because of that extra game. You know, we'll probably see, you know, passing records get broken in terms of touchdown, in terms of yards, rushing records could possibly get broken. I mean, looking at you, Derrick Henry, um, uh, there's a huge possibility. Reception records can get broken. Um, looking at you, uh, <laughs> I was, saying, but he's missing the first at least six. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so someone else is probably gonna get that reception records. Who knows? Um, Ab. I mean, is I mean, who knows? Who Tom knows? might. But, Tom, I could see Tom doing that just just to spite folks. Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, keep in mind those who don't want to give Dallas their just uh, due. The defense, the secondary was uh, uh, atrocious. You know, they couldn't really stop a nosebleed, but they did have four takeaways overall. Like, that's the two interceptions, um, you know, I don't really put on Tom Brady, but Ronald Jones fumbled the ball, and you notice how he didn't get back into the game, right? He didn't get another carry again. Bruce Arians don't play that. 
Um, he even punished Leonard Fournette, who that interception was on him. But Fournette came back in, and Fournette had some uh, very clutch plays, uh, especially on that one where Tom Brady just slipped, just slipped and chucked it, and, and Fournette made sure he had him, got the ball. They got positive yards out of that. But then Godwin, Godwin fumbling it at basically the in the end zone, right outside the end zone. The defense, the defense didn't quit. Dallas defense didn't quit. Are they going to be able to win the team games? More than likely not. I mean, against uh, keep in mind next week the Cowboys play the Chargers. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to put some money on the over. Whatever. That when was the last time the Chargers be? were relevant? Uh, last season, thanks to Justin Herbert. <laughs> you know, Justin Herbert had a, you know, it's nobody. The game that Justin Herbert came in, it looked like the Chargers might beat the Chiefs. Remember that? That was a oh, good game. Right. You know what? That was okay. a good game. I take back my slander. Yeah, we have to see, you know, we'll see. Does he get a sophomore slump? Does he continue to provide? Because that offense is is dangerous. That offense looks good. It looks like they're going to be putting up points for sure. Um, we'll see how the Chargers look. But, uh, yo, Dak is going to continue eating as long as he stays healthy. Uh, Dak is going to... Like you said, Osa, it's going to be a two-man race for a comeback play of the year between CMC and Dak. And, you know, when it comes down to that, unless CMC breaks the record, because last time we saw a two-man race like this between a quarterback and running back that I remember was uh, Peyton Manning's uh, first year back in Denver, and that was also AP. Um, that was his year back from his injury as well. And that's Tom Brady. I mean, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had thrown for about 50 TDs, I believe. But yeah. Adrian Peterson have rushed for about 2K. AP, yo. Yeah. Eight, that comeback season by AP, that was, I think, on the same level as what's-his-name's comeback season from his Achilles, Dominique Wilkins. Like, you yeah. were like, dude, did you even – were you actually hurt? Right. Right. And I for, didn't uh, AP end up winning that, actually? He did. Yeah, that yeah, was I was because I, I was, was kind of salty. I was like, "Yo, this man Peyton Manning, he, his neck was broken. His his, his neck yeah. was was my dislocated. Neck, my <laughs> like, back. yeah, and he threw for fifty TDs. Like, yo, he should have won it, but they gave it to a running back. So there is hope for CMC. There is hope for CMC, even though you know normally awards are kind of biased towards quarterbacks. There's hope for CMC, especially since we know CMC can get two K yards easy, just all purpose. You know. He can get that True. easily. Yeah. Um. So if he's able to get maybe two K rushing, you know, maybe dare I say three K all purpose yards? Oh, dare, dare I dare I even throw that number out there? Am I am oh, I crazy for that? I, I th you know what? Workhorse yeah. Sam Darnold. Let's but but looking at Sam Darnold, looking at that offense. As we know, CMC is going to be the, the safety valve every time. Mind you, they opened the season against the Jets. So I, I have CMC on my fantasy team. I got him with the second pick of the draft. The Smart person man. with the first pick picked Derrick Henry in a PPR league. Psychotic, okay. but hey, I'm not going to complain. Okay. Okay. I expect CMC to give me 30 fantasy points against the Jets. Yeah. Against, you know, if he don't run for three touchdowns and get 200 total yards, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. Well, man, we, we're already sitting here t touching on games. But with that being said, as we wrap up, um, wanted to, as I mentioned at the top of this program, uh, mention to you guys and give you guys a little cue in on something that we've been, me and Abe have been, have been talking through and thinking through. Um, with sports getting back into full swing yeah. across literally 
every sport you can think of, right? We, we've seen uh, you know, soccer is up and running the beautiful game, right? Football, if you want any any insight on that and analysis, head on over to Reformed Hooligans uh, for, for all the stuff on that. Uh, baseball season, we're coming into September, the best time of the year, right? Uh, football mm-hmm. season is about to kick off, both college and pro. Um, basketball season is about to kick off, right? Yeah. We've, we've, we've seen moves upon moves made in that arena as well. So there is much to talk about. So with that being said, we're thinking through like, man, what? We 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 might need to tack on another an, another segment, yeah, or if not another you know? segment, for sure another opportunity for y'all to hang with us. And so, with that being said, Abe, what do we have on the table for the folks? Yeah, so at the moment, right now, ladies and gentlemen, mind you, this does not mean that friends of the show is being shelved. Um, you know, with by all means, it's just, not. Yeah, it just comes down to scheduling. Um, and we try to rack up several of those that way we can drop it periodically. Um, uh. Ideal on a monthly basis. So we just got to continue with scheduling. We have definitely people on the docket that we want to tap in with for sure. So that show is still, still very much a lot. But because we all love sports and like Osan said, we don't want to, you know, we feel like we just don't have enough time to talk about it in one episode. Um, we, the working title, you know, Osan A presents game games of the week. Uh, we will be bringing back a very familiar face to the pod. Um, we're excited for that. Uh, he shall be back. He shall be back. Oh, um, we'll start dropping those segments every Wednesday morning. That is ideal. Uh, Osa and A presents Games of the Week featuring Baba Funke, where we kind of just talk about and uh, recap, react to some of our favorite games of the previous week, no matter what sport it is. But like Osan said, it could be it could be soccer, it could be basketball when basketball season is up. It's definitely gonna be a good number of football and college football. But we also have the WNBA season going on right now. We have other college sports playing right now. It's it's going to be a lot of different things that we're gonna talk about. So all for all those who enjoy Osan Abe, whether it's for the content, the the hot takes, the the friendly banter, or just the the sports talk. We hitting everybody. We hitting everybody. So excited for that first episode. We'll be dropping next Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Um, definitely hype for that. Definitely hype for that. We'll aim for Tuesday recordings. Drop on Wednesdays. Um, yeah. Again, working title at the moment is Osa and A presents Games of the Week. Um, featuring Baba Funke. Yes, so we're sir. Excited. We're excited. You see, you see that excitement. Osa, Osa is like, oh, we're like, you know what? You got so, me. So let me, let me now. in. Yeah, you like, Let hey, me I like in. that. I like that. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. You know, Osa and Abe, we, both Osa and I, we feel reinvigorated. You know, we're we're excited. We're we we appreciate all of you guys for supporting us, for giving us the list, even while we've been inconsistent the last um uh, couple of months. You know, life just comes at us fast. We all have things going on, but. Osa and I are constantly working to provide content for you guys, and and we appreciate you for sticking by our sides, for riding with us again. We love y'all. We do. I mean, I you know, I like y'all. I like y'all. I appreciate y'all. Is what I'll say. You know, so I appreciate. appreciate no, it's all right. We got we got love for y'all. We really do. Um, yeah, we, do. We, we do do this for y'all, and we appreciate um all of our listeners. Uh, I feel like it's almost weekly. I'm talking to someone who's like, "Hey, man, I just checked out Osa and Abe. I love it." So thank you. Thank you for you guys, to our listeners, week in and week out. Um, 
Seriously, we appreciate y'all. Here we are on Volume 2. Volume 2 is going to be coming to a close very soon, and Volume 3 will be up and going, which means it's, oh, shoot, Abe, it's almost time for possible countdown season, maybe. We'll see. Uh, With that being said, though, guys, as always, you know, if y'all want to holla at us, number one, definitely check out everything going on on the SSAW network at www.tssaw.com. Also, if you want to holla at us, directly osa.abepodcast. Abe podcast is all one word at gmail.com. Shoot us an email if you have any ideas, uh, things you want to hear us discuss. If you want to be a guest on the show, we don't mind. Uh, yeah. And if you just want to say hello, feel free to do it. We also have a Twitter. We do. We do. The Osa underscore Abe podcast. That is at Osa underscore Abe podcast. Yeah. Um, so look we forward to some on. live tweeting on that. Um, when yeah. Manchester United plays Chelsea, it's going to be great. Woo! But other than that, y'all, we appreciate y'all as always. And until the next time, y'all know what it is. One word, two things, get it in your brain. Oh, my God.